Hello, Probus. Howdy, howdy. Welcome to But It Was Aliens, the extraterrestrial comedy podcast. Oh, prod you. Podcast. Hmm. It's a new medium. <laughs> the extraterrestrial comedy podcast brought to you by two of the greatest alleged MIBs the universe has ever seen. You can forget about J and K. I'm talking about G and K. The G is myself and your host this week, Granny Moonwalker, and the K is Greybeard, the tallest person in the world. He said it so himself also known as Kev. Each week we aim to bring you the truth surrounding the extraterrestrial and upon time, the paranormal. When you said K, I thought you were going to be like, and it's Will Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Just cut me out completely. He was Jay though, wasn't he? I thought Jay was the first one. Um, Tommy Lee Jones. Jay, because it goes in order. And the one after Will Smith would be L. Could have that wrong though. Yeah, because his name is James. It, yeah, but it's alphabetical order, isn't it? From all the agents, they go to the next letter, the next one that comes on board. Oh, was he H then? The one before Tommy Lee Jones uh, would have been I H. I don't fucking know. Well, actually, it would have been I. <laughs> I do know the <laughs> alphabet. <laughs> I don't. Prodcast. The medium where you feel what you hear. <laughs> the interactive version of the podcast. To be fair, with your deep... Tones, you probably do rumble in people's ears and they feel what they hear. Mm. Uh, being sat in the womb, the womb, <laughs> the womb with Mr. Womb-walker. It's like I'm a womb walker. It's like womb walker now, am I? It's like sitting on the washing machine. This week we are taking the three ten to Yuma. Yuma. It's April second, nineteen seventy-eight. So we know from the jump that this is real. Any case that takes place the day after April Fool's Day must be real. In my head, I was thinking April the 2nd is April Fool's Day. (laughs) Got the first existed. April the 2nd is actually my partner's birthday. (laughs) Got my dates mixed up there. We're on fire today, folks. Fire! Cement contractor Tim Cullen awoke in a sweat. Not because it was stupidly hot, but because he'd had a nightmare. Not just any nightmare, a horrific nightmare. The type of nightmare that takes you a minute or two to realise it isn't real. Is that nightmare from Soul Calibur? Yeah! Oh, that's a good call. What? Who's that? <laughs> Tim. <laughs> you stuck a photo of Tim Tim Cullen, was it? Mm-hmm. In the research notes. Looks a bit like Harold Bishop from the 80s or early 90s Australian soap Neighbours. Neighbours. I just remembered the kids' version of that. Well, not the kids, but the playground version of it. Uh, <laughs> beans on toast and mashed potatoes or something. Oh. No? That's, that's not... Was, was it an older kid's version that you yeah. knew? <laughs> Clearly I was a more innocent child. You pick your bum and eat the flavours. <laughs> oh, oh, we're grown-ups, honestly. Kids are grim. <laughs> Neighbours. 
You pick your bum and eat the flavors. Then you put it in your quavers. <laughs> Let's get back to this nightmare, shall we? Please. Within this nightmare, Tim was involved in a car crash. A car crash so realistic to him that he could make out every detail of it. From the area around him, the sound of the broken glass and battered metal. The smell as he undoubtedly pissed himself. (laughs) This was so real that he had another scare when he realised that he was in his own bed. And then elation at the realisation that he hadn't pissed his bed. But did he shit? But. (laughs) He shit. There was something about this nightmare that he couldn't shake. Hours, even days later, he could still picture the details of this crash and the landscape around it. He didn't dream or nightmare that he was hurt, though. Just dreamt of the crash. He was involved in a car crash, yet he doesn't mention that he was scathed in any way. No. So did he knock another car off the road? (laughs) He might have just seen the crash. He was involved in it. So yeah, I suppose he could have been involved as a witness. Mm-hmm. Could have been worse nightmares. I mean, it's not like getting chased around by a small doll with a knife and red hair. Favourite horror film of all time? The original, I take it. Yeah. Yeah. Although I do love the series. It's my favourite horror I've series. I've still not watched time. the series. I meant the film franchise series. It's oh. my favourite horror series of all time. Uh. The I've seen... The first TV series, very mm-hmm. good. I'm about two-thirds through series two. Or season, if you're in America. Voodoo doll, son. Who do you voodoo, bitch? I got a zombie army. You can't harm me. So we jump forward a week. It's April 9th. Tim was with his friend Ken, driving along the highway. Kenner. Then it dawned on him. He'd seen this stretch of road before. Oh, shit. It wasn't a stretch of road that he'd driven every day for several years, or even a stretch of road associated with visiting friends or family. Uh Uh-oh. This stretch of road was the same stretch of road that Tim had seen in his dream slash nightmare slash premonition of the possible future. This scared Tim. He thought about stopping the car and turning around, and within microseconds of thinking that, it was too late. The car was out of control, and something caused it to flip and roll several times before it slowly came to a stop. Something. The car at this point must have looked like it had been 100 hands slapped by E-Honda. Famous scene from Street Fighter 2 there, beating the crap out of that car. What was the point of that? I have no idea. It's just a little bonus you, you got, stage, wasn't it? You got points for how much damage you did, but those points were absolutely meaningless. There was nothing you could do with them, was there? Or was it like I a mean, points total point at the end yeah. for a scoreboard or something? Everything was top score back then, wasn't mm, it? I suppose so. Arcade first. Back when that was the money spinner. Mm-hmm. Now it's DLC! Mm-hmm. Microtransactions and cosmetics. Pricks. I want a pair of pants in my character. So he can look like me. (laughs) Now Ken managed to escape unharmed. He then dragged him from the wreck. 
Tim had injured his neck and was unable to move. Once he'd pulled him out, Ken tried waving down a vehicle to help. So it could be said that Tim and Ken pulled out together. What are you looking at me like? How? Because they were involved in the pulling out action. How were they? Only one of them was. Yeah, but the other was the receiver of the pulling out. So he got pulled out. (laughs) (laughs) If that makes it any better. So in the dream, Tim wasn't injured, but in reality, Tim was injured. Did Tim dream from the perspective of Ken? Did Ken put that dream in Tim's head? Is Ken a mind ninja? That never came to my mind. Ooh. So you said something made them crash. I put it to you that it was Ken. Ken. Mind ninja. Um, I don't know. But then I don't know the exact details of the crash. Because he injured his neck, there's a possibility didn't that he didn't feel anything from that mm, point. Yeah. And it could have been a sudden Fair point, fair point. Yeah. Thing that injured his neck. Also, if he's injured his neck, he's probably taken quite a whack. Ergo, we may not be fully trusting of Tim's memory. He, um... All the more so because Ken's been inside that biatch. And because he's unable to move, maybe that's the reason he was able to take in the surroundings of everything else. Mm. Like, he can move his eyes, but he can't move, like, his body or anything. So all the other senses are heightened. And he's on, like, he's super alert right now. Like Dalsim... We've had E-Honda, we've had Ken. Where's Dalsim come into it? He's super alert and stretchy. <laughs> he can't move. <laughs> Maybe Tim's neck is going to extend. <laughs> is Dalsim in that dive he does where he kind of just, like a corpse, Full, yeah. corpse roll. <laughs> so a vehicle pulled over and they got Tim to the hospital. He was put under sedation as he had a fractured neck. Damn. Whilst under... Tim had another dream slash nightmare slash premonition of the possible future. Switch it off, Tim. This time, Tim was with his wife and a strange light was hovering over the car. Both would get out and look on in astonishment. We jump to May 30th and Tim heads back to the hospital for a checkup on his neck. This trip went without a hitch and he left. As they drove home, they found themselves on a long stretch of highway. It was around 11pm that night as they were still on the highway and Tim had that feeling again. Uh That same feeling he had when he was involved in that horrific car crash. That he'd been there. This time, Tim was looking around for the light. He wasn't awaiting it to surprise him. At first, there was only the light from the car, but then it happened. Oh, shit. The dreams become reality, my friend. A bright light appeared from behind a hill, but it wasn't just a light. It was an object. It passed in front of them and then over another hill. Tim then brought the car to a slow stop, and like magic, the object came back. According to Tim, the object came towards them and 
under the telephone and power cables. Crikey, that's flying real low. Tim describes the size of the object as 100 foot long, 10 foot high and 20 foot wide. And just like the majority of the real UFOs that we've covered in cases, this thing was silent. So quiet, you could hear a fart in the wind. Oh, oh, thank you for that. You're welcome. That's completely thrown the um, thought I was formulating there. Did Did it go like a fart in the wind? No, it's come back to me like a fart coming into the wind. I'm downstream. Oh, it's gone again. No, wait, there it is. Tim. Is Tim psychic? Is he being mind ninjaed by Ken, as I suggested earlier? Uh Uh-oh. Or is Tim having images implanted in his head? If it was aliens... If it was aliens? (laughs) What? Did they break the neck themselves intentionally? They've caused a crash, potentially, is the insinuation here, and he's ended up in hospital with a fractured neck. Could they have healed the neck, or did they not know how, or did they want to snap the neck? Or was it Ken? It's very possible, but... So what you're saying is they broke his neck, allowed it to heal, and now they're coming to check the results as he's going home? Yeah. I mean, I I don't see the point, but let's go with it. Why do they do anything that they do? That, that's true. We cannot comprehend. You have a point I cannot argue. I like how you've put in your notes, craft, fart. <laughs> Just for you. Thank you, as if I couldn't remember. <laughs> At the back of the object, which I think it's completely safe to say now is a UFO, there were two lights. One was yellow and the other red. All right. <laughs> Why am I looking at a picture of the red and the yellow Teletubby? Why has that even come to your mind? That's just where my brain was when I wrote it. (laughs) Alright. Tim and his wife stood and stared for a while. After looking at the lights, Tim looked at his wife and said, We might as well go in town. Tim says that as he got in the car and started driving, something... He's got a really deep voice. (laughs) Something... What? The wife's got a really deep voice. Tim looked at his wife oh, and I said... Oh, I thought you said the wife said. Sorry, my mistake. <laughs> the wife replied... Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my mistake. The wife's voice is perfectly normal. Tim says that as you got in the car and started driving, something felt weird, but you couldn't put a finger on it. He says that he remembers coming back to Yuma but he didn't look at the clock. Later, he found out that his wife, unfortunately, suffered missing time. At the time, they didn't think too much about it. Did he not suffer missing time? Who knows? Well, I'm hoping that he does. He was with the wife. 
How can she be missing time but not him? He didn't look at the clock. <laughs> she did. Mm. Maybe missing time doesn't count if you didn't look at the clock. He, he's How come do you know you were missing it? He's come out of this with a sore bottom and he knows, but he just ain't admitting it. <laughs> she lost time. I didn't lose time. Uh, 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 no siree. I was looking at the clock. Walking with a limp. Clenched. Oh, bow-legged. <laughs> I always walk like this. We're going to put our slippers on now. And Tim slip two years <laughs> into the future. It's 1980 and Tim finds himself back on the same stretch of road. And finds himself again in front of... Of an identical UFO. At this point, you've just got to stop using that piece of road, Tim. We then Tim slip 14 years in the future, and Tim is driving with his wife and three daughters. They get to around 40 miles south of Yuma when the whole family witnessed something special. Ooh, more witnesses. Can I get a witness? Here, have four. A UFO hovers right in front of them, in the middle of Of the the road. road. This craft was slightly different from the previous craft. This one was smaller and dimly lit with different coloured lights. God damn. Tim stops the car and the family watch for around 10 minutes. The craft then leaves, leaving the family in complete awe. Mm Mm-mm. Still, these events appear to Tim as random encounters. More happened on that last one. We now take another trip through the Tim slip to 1998. And Tim is at work just doing work things when he has an accident and smashes his thumb with a hammer. Thinking it could be broken, he goes to see a doctor. He's a clever boy. I mean, it's not rocket science. I mean, I didn't. <laughs> My finger's still fucked. <laughs> should, have gone, should have gone to the hospital. <clears throat> you still can. <laughs> but it's time out of my day. I'm a working I'm a working man. I got a job to do. You came here after having a nap. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> that's like a twenty, thirty minute nap. Going to the hospital is like a five seven minute drive. to eight fucking hours. Uh. It would be five minutes, but you go in and they're like, yeah, you can just wait there. And then, like, your whole day's gone. And they forget you're there. Gunshot wound, knife in your neck, sword in your back. Mm-hmm. Go, go create a sheet. We'll be with you in a minute. Someone walks in with uh, a slightly twisted toe. <laughs> Come right through, it's an emergency! <laughs> Get the wheelchair out. <laughs> Sit down quickly. We need a doctor. <laughs> Is there a doctor in the house? <laughs> oh, the doctors come rushing to the front of the A&E. <laughs> 18 doctors there for one toe. And they've all got like sandwiches. They've just put their lunch down. <laughs> Some of them forget they've got their crosswords in their hands. God damn, it's a clinical emergency. Well... This was a clinical emergency. At the Yuma Clinic, Tim sees Dr. Mark Hubner. The doc orders an x-ray 
and is shocked when the x-ray comes back. Both Tim and the Doc are dumbfounded when they look at the x-ray. Doc Hubner shows him that there's a piece of metal in his arm. Tim hasn't had any surgeries before, so how did this piece of metal get there? Ooh, we've got x-rays. We do. And even a size... Is this... We've got a tape measure of sorts measuring the size of the object. We do. Does that mean it was taken out or is that measured against an x-ray? It was taken out. Oh, oh, so we've got physical evidence, son. This is a very rare occurrence on this podcast. I am suddenly very intrigued. I take it we're going to cover what this little kidney bean actually is. In the pictures, obviously it's showing up in an x-ray, that's pretty self-explanatory. But in the second picture, it looks like a little kidney bean with two little probes, possibly three, coming out of it. Intriguing. I said, as you were partway through the last section, when the whole family saw it and then it just went on its merry way, more happened there. I think they lost time again and the craft took them and shoved this thing in Tim. All of them lost time or everyone but Tim? All of them. Tim might claim that he didn't, but he absolutely did. Are we sure that it was in his arm? Is in his... Well, it was in him. <laughs> He's doctored the x-ray to make it look like his arm. I, I was going to ask what he does for work. Then you said he hammered his thumb. Cement contractor. Okay. Is it possible that he hammered something in his arm by accident? I mean... Just thinking to the alternative? That's a possibility. I don't know what the hell that... Because it doesn't look like a nail, so I don't know what it could be, but at the moment, it's a kidney bean. And I don't know why anyone would insert one of those in their arm. (laughs) He said it was in his arm. (laughs) You did. Everything (laughs) (laughs) subsequently hit Tim all at once. The dreams slash nightmares slash premonitions of the possible future of crashes the lost time, the UFO visits, was this all connected to what was in his arm? Tim was convinced that he now knew exactly what happened to him and what this was, an alien implant. Hell yeah, it was. Implanted in him from that very first encounter in 1978 when he must have been slabbed. He goes on to say that in that time in 1978 that it was revealed to him that there are other intelligent life forms amongst us in the universe. Well, no shit. Tim also says that it was proven to him that God is always with us. Questionable. Tim was desperate for answers at this point because he couldn't remember being taken. He couldn't remember being slabbed and he couldn't remember them probing him deep. So he did what any other normal person would do. But he said it all came running back to him. He reached out to the UFO community and they did not fail him. They never failed. They got him in touch with Dr. Roger Lear. God damn it, I was hoping for someone else. Doc Roger was an expert in alien implants. So he knew what it was. So he knew what he was dealing with. So Tim headed out to California to Doc Roger. God, I wish it was Dr. Leo. This was Doc Roger's 
ninth implant removal. He and his team got to work and removed the seven centimeter long, four centimeter wide object from Tim. It seemed to be attached and one end looked like it had nerve endings. Called it. And was covered in what appeared to be a reddish brown membrane. Similar to a kidney bean in color. It was then handed over for examination to a company called Digital Instruments. They had technology that could analyze matter 10 atoms at a time. To this very day, we have zero clue as to what the examination of the object concluded. And since the incident, Tim has become a champion of the implanted, helping others out there that have been slabbed and tickled by these alien menaces. Oh, Tim was definitely tickled. Tim believes that we owe it to ourselves and our children to discover the capabilities of these implants, and that the more we know, the more we can help our bodies reject the alien implants with the help of Big Pharma. The more people we can find of implants, the more we can break the stigma and help the truth come out. You're starting to make me think that you've got an implant. Do you have an implant? Maybe. But you wouldn't know because you don't go to the bloody doctors, do you? (laughs) Maybe I'm scared to to find out the truth. An implant fires out of your eye and shakes its head, then goes back in. So... Why were the aliens following Tim around for, was it 20, 30-odd years? Mm -hmm. Why Tim? You must be wondering why these aliens were interested in Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tim believes it's possibly due to his psychic powers. The same powers that allowed him to see the crash. He believes that they want to study humans with these gifts and that he was slabbed and tickled so that they could learn more about his latent abilities. What did they find? Well, for us to know, we'd have to track down and get those results from that removed implant. Why don't we have the results? Why? Do, hmm. How do we know that Tim went to these people? Is it just Tim telling us? Yes. That x-ray, mm-hmm. do we know it definitely came from Tim? Yes. How? He gave it to us. <laughs> oh no, I see a flaw developing. <laughs> that doctor. Dr. Roger. Yes. Do we know... <laughs> Dr. Roger can't stop Rogering. Do we know for definite? That must be really awkward when you walk into his his surgery. <laughs> Doc Roger. He comes out, shafting away as he's walking. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I lost track of thought. <laughs> do we know? If that doctor is a real doctor. We do. Has that doctor gone on record away from what Tim has disclosed himself? No. <laughs> <laughs> Tim told us he was real, so he's real. Okay. The UFO community sent Tim to Doc Roger. The word of Tim is is strong. Have Tim's family come forward? No. (laughs) Look, Tim's been on a documentary. To be fair, the doctor might appear in a documentary. I've not watched it. Didn't have time. But from what we've gathered so far... 
Tim is an honest and trustworthy man that is telling us everything that happened to him. Stanley Tiger Romanik has been on a documentary, just saying. So this is the part of the probe where we turn to science and scepticism. Science. How did Tim get injured, but Ken came out without a scratch? Does Tim have superpowers? Wouldn't it be Ken with the superpowers? He's like unbreakable. Skepticism. How did Tim get injured, but Ken came out without a scratch? Does Tim have superpowers? Ken is the one we should be looking at here, not Tim, really. Ken could either have caused this all himself, or this could be be his origin story. Yeah, he could be the basis of M. Night Shyamalan's Unbreakable. Indeed. Bruce Willis's character. Indeed. That is exactly where I was going. And Tim is Mr. Glass. Tim does have a superpower. Psychic true so you've got the psychic and the unbreakable together in a car do we hear anything further from kenny nope ah this is a tough one we don't have any other sources so to summarize shit this is the case of psychic tim cullen tim had a dream which turned into a nightmare about a car crash This car crash then came to pass. Tim received a fractured neck and was taken to hospital. There he had another dream which turned into a nightmare about seeing a bright light above him and his wife on a lonely stretch of road, which came to pass. There were other strange incidents in Tim's life, but none as strange as when he hit his thumb with a hammer. This led to an x-ray which led to discovering an alien implant. Tim wanted more answers, so reached out to the greatest crew out there, the UFO community, who guided him to Dr. Roger, who had seen this kind of stuff before. Doc Roger performed on Tim and removed the object from his body. It was sent off for testing and the results have never come back. Tim is now a champion of the implanted and believes that he was targeted due to his psychic powers. Greybeard. You're used to tall tales. Oh, you wanker. Do you believe that this is one of them? Or is Tim being hunted and researched by extraterrestrials due to his latent abilities? Well, it's not the latter. I have one more question. Go ahead. Does Tim have any comment on the results never coming back? Because it seems like Tim should be the kind of guy to push. Not from the research that I had. He's not questioned it. That is... But he does want help from others out there that have been implanted and Big Pharma to get the truth from help in what, what he way? was implanted with. Talk me through how they can help him. So they he wants them to study the implants and... But he's already had it studied. And then... What can they study? Probably create some sort of vaccine to the implant so that our bodies would reject 
any future implant. Tim strikes me as an anti-vaxxer, I'm just saying. He wants to implant us to stop us getting implanted. (laughs) I don't know what to say to that. Oh, Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. My gosh. There's so many holes. Doc Roger, where's Doc Roger at? Has Ken got anything to say? Why isn't Tim pushing for the results? All this and more on... (laughs) (laughs) These should have been questions at the start of the episode. (laughs) Uh, Do you want me to conclude? Yes, please. You sure? Yes. I'm not saying that it was aliens. But I am saying that... That Tim is psychic? (laughs) (laughs) Tim has superpowers. No, I'm saying that Tim is full of shite is what I'm saying. Unless you can show me, I can't believe that someone would be so sort of driven in the UFO law, so to speak, and the UFO community and not really push for those results in some way, shape or form. How has that just been accepted that they've not come back? Surely. Depends what answer he was given at the time. If Because they could have just shut him up by saying that it's so advanced that we can't break its technology. No. Well, that would appease him. No, it wouldn't. Well, Surely he'd ask for the thing back. Appease him to a point where he wants to get others involved to help break the code, whereas they just saw it as a piece of metal and threw it in the bin. Uh, Where my mind struggles is that I can't accept that someone active in the UFO community and wanting the truth, so to speak, would just leave a dead end there. That just doesn't ring true to me, amongst all the other things. That bit makes me suspicious. The psychicness? Nah, it's fine. The superpowers? The invincible Ken? Fine. Him not following up a lead? Bullshit! Yeah, absolutely. It's that sort of strange logic in sort of the the hardcore UFO community that can be quite alarming at times. I thought you had something else to say. No, (laughs) no. Afraid not. (laughs) Um, I get what you're saying, and I concur. (laughs) This, I don't just want to come out and say it's bullshit. Well, you do, don't you? That's exactly what you want to do. But it's bullshit. (laughs) This is the sort of case where they're going to, like, the community will champion this guy as an experiencer and an advocate for the truth, yet he's just left the truth sitting there and is not reaching for it, and that's what annoys me. I kind of don't know if he's making it up. Yeah, I think he or is, personally. if this is the result of the car crash. No, see, if right. if he was pushing for, like, the results, if he'd requested the, the chip back had more evidence to corroborate his story, etc., then I might believe that he believes at the very least. But mm-hmm. the fact that all that's just been left, and he's saying, over to you, UFO community, I want to help us all. I see your point. That just makes me suspicious of this chap, again, my personal opinion. Um, What I would like to draw your attention back to Uh-oh. is the picture of the X-ray. So that looks like it's in a finger rather than an arm. Yep. And 
seven centimeters and four centimeters. Look at the measurements on the other side. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I looked at the measurements. I didn't. I forgot the description. That is 0.5 of a centimeter, probably on its side. Less than that vertically. So in the X-ray, it looks like it could be that size. Hmm. Yeah. But where that is, like you said, he could have hammered something into his hand depending on the I don't know how the hammer was treated there could have been a bit of metal sliver of metal or something mm. on the edge of the hammer that he hammered in maybe he mishit what he was meant to hammer and a bit of metal flew into his hand either way that is bullshit I've got another comment looking back at the x-ray possibly two mm-hmm. one the item doesn't actually appear to be particularly lodged, like, into the bone. That's just sitting on top, mm-hmm. which you could probably move it around and whatnot. That's unusual. And my second thought, why is his finger so curvy? That's a claw. <laughs> it literally pushes round and out. No finger. I'm just looking at my own hands. No finger or thumb looks like that. Is it possible that's a tail? Then what's of the a second finger? And the that's... other bits are legs. Ah. Possible. <laughs> he's, just, he's just pulled a random x-ray from nowhere. But then if you look on the x-ray, there's another long thing beneath it. Is that a finger of... Uh, another finger on the hand? This this is the weirdest hand I've ever seen, if that's <laughs> the case. That, uh, and the x-ray to... was... And apparently it was in his arm. Not in his hand. So Yeah, we're going to have to post this x-ray at But It Was Aliens on our Instagram. It's it's mind-boggling. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for joining us for this week's probe. Bye. You can find us on our socials at But It Was Aliens. That's Instagram, Facebook, and On oh, no, which is now ridiculously known as X. We have a Facebook group called Extraterrestrial Towers, where the greatest people on earth hang out. And you can also get bonus episodes known as side probes at patreon.com forward slash but it was aliens, where we get a little bit obsessive about Rasputin's dick and much, much more. Kev more so than me. So, sorry. I was just going to say, I've said before about maybe releasing that episode to the wide public as a bonus episode one day. I think it was recorded on our first, first setup on mm. the very first mics we had, the shitty mic stands we had, the um, cheap mixer, no soundproofing, etc., etc. Be interesting to hear what it sounds like today. Would be. Sound like dick. <laughs> <laughs> Rasputin's dick, specifically. So, if any of you out there have psychic abilities, get in touch. We would love to hear more and maybe point you in the direction of some very interested space pirates. I mean, scientists. As always, I have been Moonwalker, and he is the tallest guy in the room. It's true. Remember, the truth is up there. And I can reach it because I'm massive. Hash tag. Free.